0: Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk about the tendency of abuse survivors who are still in relationships to want to wait for a tipping point to leave. I'm going to talk about how common that is, why we feel that way, and, um, kind of talk to you about, like, maybe that we don't have to do that. Um, all that to say, I do understand I did the same thing, and, uh, yeah, let's dive in. Um, first, let's do, uh, my struggles and successes. A struggle? Just recorded the last week's episode a couple minutes ago, so, um, Whenever I batch record, I always have trouble coming up with struggles and successes. Maybe I need to have like a backup intro icebreaker type thing for when I do that. But a struggle. Okay, my struggle is that my car is really messy and my house is really messy because I have chosen to take care of myself um over worrying about everything being perfectly clean. And that is very hard for me to do because I'm a doer, I'm a cleaner, I'm a mover, I'm a recovering like um hoping skill is nonstop doing stuff so that I don't have to slow down and think about things. And so yes, being able to be like, okay, this is messy. This is bothering me. And also I deserve to have a me day. I deserve to do other things besides clean all the time. Uh, my mom said to me once when I was cleaning, when my son was really little, she said, I was talking about how much I had to clean and all that. And she was like, I cleaned a lot when you were little and I'm still cleaning. And I was like, wow, what a great reminder that like, Yes, I want my house to be clean. I want my car to be clean. I want things to be organized, but there are more important things in life and time moves very quickly and I want to enjoy my son and I want to enjoy my dog and I want to travel and I want to do things by myself that aren't cleaning. So uh, that I guess it's a struggle and a success. We'll go ahead and do that. That was my struggle and my success is that I'm learning to be okay with things, not always being super organized, be okay with, you know, not, just just not worrying about all this stuff and chores and to-do lists and whatnot. Um, it's hard to be able to do that, especially if you don't like clutter and sand and dirt on your car floor. Anyway, with that wrapped up, let's dive in to the tipping point uh, situation. So I work with most of my clients are still in their abusive relationship or their toxic relationship or whatever it is. They're still with the person that they're really struggling with. Right. And so often, you know, we're having these conversations and we're doing the education, we're doing the validation, we're doing the planning, we're doing all this stuff. And I'll say, what is keeping you here? What are you waiting for? And Hopefully all of my clients know that when I ask them questions and things like that, it's coming from a place of loving, understanding, and empathy because I have absolutely been there. What was I waiting for? What took me so long? The question that so many people who don't understand abuse are asking us, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't it take so long? Of course, I don't ask it like that because that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That's not how it works. What are you waiting for? What is the moment? What is the thing that's going to get you out of the door? What can I do to help get you there? And the answer is pretty much always, I'm waiting for a big thing to happen. I'm waiting for this dramatic, like movie moment where all of a sudden I'm like, I have to get out. I have to get out right now. It's not safe for me here. Or like, this is my proof that it's time for me to go. And we grab our stuff, whatever we had just like available right there. Maybe we've already packed some stuff in our car. Maybe you've already left some stuff at a friend's house or your mom's house or something. So that's it. And you're out the door because there was a, the the scales tipped and you left, right? Part of why we want to do that is because in our minds, it confirms, yes, something is very wrong here. Yes, I was right. This is bad. I'm not being treated well. Here's my proof. They're screaming at me because, um, I spilled a little bit of soil off the side of my plant when I was watering it, whatever. Right. For me, it was that they came home one night and my son said, No, I don't want you because he was becoming increasingly more uncomfortable and didn't feel safe around them. And they said, And I've talked about this many times, he's a brat. I'm done. I don't want him anymore. You know, storming around the house, saying those things out loud in front of my three year old who speaks English and understands English. And that was my dramatic moment. I had someone in the house who helped me pack him up, Mm -hmm. pack some things for myself, and helped me physically get out of the door without being prevented from leaving. Again, I've talked about this before. Um, I know the, for a fact that I wouldn't have been able to leave that night if that person hadn't been there. But again, it was this big dramatic exit confirmed. It was the right thing for me to do to leave because otherwise we can self gaslight. We have been, you know, gaslighted by them for years and, and we know they've said the things to us. You don't have to go, you're being dramatic. That's what they said to me when I was on my way out the door. You're doing this. You don't have to do this. You're doing this. And of course, the next day when things were calm and they weren't, they weren't in my face and they weren't calling my son a brat and saying they were done. My brain was like, "Did I make this up? Did I overreact? Should I go back?" And I was able to reach out to someone from their past who thankfully gave me the information, the confirmation that I needed that I'm not the only person that they physically, emotionally, financially, all this stuff abused. Right? That person being willing to give me that information is part of what saved me and my son, right? I had another person's story that was almost exactly the same as mine to be like, this isn't me. I didn't make this up. Not everyone gets that. I wish everyone had that, but also, you know, it's not very nice to be reaching into someone else's life who's like already started their recovery from these situations, right? It's like, hey, can I drag this back up for you? I did feel pretty guilty with that for a while. But again, it saved me. We're still in contact. Um, you know, we have this weird connection, but anyway, I waited for a tipping point and I left really quickly. And so what happens if we leave when there isn't a tipping point again, I had a tipping point and I still questioned it. You're probably going to question it even if you have a tipping point, but if you don't have a tipping point, one, you feel crazy Two, You feel like, again, that you made it up, that you overreacted and (laughs) It sounds silly because really at the end of the day, if you're being abused, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter if someone else is like, why did you leave? That didn't make sense. They didn't do anything. Whereas if they do something like, I don't know, just for example, say that they push you and then you're like, that's it. I'm leaving. You can then tell people, well, they pushed me and this has been going on that night. They pushed me and I was like, I'm out versus why'd you leave? Well, you know, they were at work and I just packed a bag and left or they were sitting there watching TV and I just grabbed a couple of things and walked out the door what? Why'd you do that? That doesn't make sense. Things were calm. Why'd you go? It just feels wrong. It feels weird. It's, you know, obviously if you're in a healthy relationship, like you should be able to just be like, I don't think this is working. And the other person is like, oh, I'm really disappointed, but you're right. Right? Like, okay, I don't like this. I don't love this, but let's not ruin each other's lives. But with this kind of person, it's just a constant mind fog. And so of course you're waiting for you're again, you're waiting for your proof. And the other thing is, and a lot of times we see abusive people when they know that you're halfway out the door, they're tiptoeing. They are so careful because they know maybe you have left before when there was a big, big event and now you're back because they hoovered you back. Right. Or maybe you almost left before because you, you were in the middle of a huge fight and you made it to the door. You had your keys in hand and they're like, okay all right, this person's actually starting to sort of like... I'm seeing that I'm starting to lose some control here. So they're tiptoeing around you. They're being very calm and kind. And they're not reacting the way they used to react because they're like, if I do show my true colors again, they might actually leave this time. Then I'm going to have to do a lot of hoovering to get them back. I don't want to do that. Uh, I've had to do this a lot of times. A lot of little quote-unquote relationships. I'm just trying to keep this one around because this is real good supply, right? and so you know again they're they're being all good and if you leave when they're being all good now they're the victim which they're the victim even if there was even if they pushed you or even if they said that your kid was a brat and that they were they're not going to tell anyone that so they're going to be the victim no matter what but if you just leave while they're you know they're at work they're going to tell everyone i came home and she was gone i don't know what happened i have no idea everything was fine i just came home and wow three other things were missing and or three like they had some bags of clothes gone and They took the dog and the kid or whatever. It's horrible. I feel so bad for myself. You feel sorry for me too, right? My life is so hard. They become the victim. They'll tell all your friends. They'll tell your family. They'll call your mom. She left me when I was cooking dinner and she just, she just walked out. I thought she was in the bathroom and later I was like, where'd she go? She was gone. I don't know. I've been so kind lately. I don't understand. We weren't having any problems because that's what my abuser would tell me too. Everything's been good. We've been better lately. We're not having any problems. It's all a game, y'all. It's all a game. So I want to tell you, I don't have a lot of time for this episode because I have to start my drive for an event that I have today. But I just wanted to tell you that if you're waiting for a big event, it's completely normal. It makes sense. It's more obvious. You have less self-gaslighting and questions. Again, we're a little bit worried about what other people are gonna think, but again, the people who have your abuser has access to, they're gonna think whatever they're gonna think. You know, the real ones, the ones who are gonna stick by you and the ones who you know, see the abuse for what it is and, and, or didn't see it, but believe you, because they're good people and they understand, you know, that you're just not out here making stuff up. Those people are all that matters. You, your well-being, your kids, your pets, that's all that matters. What other people think doesn't matter. I know it feels like it does at the end of the day, whatever y'all are going to think what you want, right? So if you're waiting for a big event, I just want to validate that for you again, that's when I left. I knew that I was going to leave. I had some loose plans. Didn't know exactly when, didn't know exactly where I was going to go. But I mean, I made a plan just like that. And I'm very lucky that I got out when I did. Um, so again, I did wait for a big event, but I want to encourage you. If you're still waiting, you're like, I'm just waiting for him to blow up at the kids. I'm just waiting for her to, you know, not come home one night because she's out drinking and a friend texted me and said, oh, I saw her at the bar with someone else. Whatever big, huge thing that you're waiting for. Uh, obviously, you don't know what it is. You're just like, it has to be something because we've had so many of these things in the past that <clears throat> you don't have to wait for that. And I'm not saying just leave. That's not how it works. But if you can start those gears, get those gears moving, start just thinking about it and I don't know, maybe do something crazy. Maybe leave on a Tuesday when they're at work, when they're walking the dog, um, whatever you can do to get away from this person, have it under your control. And again, a lot of times doing it without the big event is safer because when there's a big event, if they're home, they're watching you leave, a lot of times that can be the most dangerous part of an abusive relationship. The times that I was trying to leave are the times that I was abused, physically abused, excuse me. Physically restrained from leaving, legs shut in a door, all of those, those were the times, except for once, those were the times that I was physically abused when I was trying to leave. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you're like, I'm just going to wait until he comes home and he's being mean and he's yelling at the kids or he's yelling at me on to leave. It can be very dangerous because they do not want you to leave and they're going to most likely try to prevent you from leaving. So just another thing to keep in mind is that I know it's hard. Uh, to just leave for quote unquote, no reason, you have all the reason in the world. The reason you're listening to this podcast, the reason you follow me and others on Instagram who are talking about this, the reason that you're booking sessions with me, right? Um, You have all the reasons in the world. And to be honest, you could leave with even a fraction of those, you know, society makes us feel like we have to have like a thesis paper worth of reasons to leave. You don't, if it doesn't feel good, you don't feel safe you don't feel loved, whatever, that's good enough. Boom. Done. You don't have to go. Here's your little travel baggie to there's your prize. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. That's all you need. And we all have more than enough reasons to get out. So I just want to put that out there. I know I'm kind of babbling right now, but I just want to encourage you to consider sit with it. See what it feels like to be like, you know, you're not going to say I'm leaving tomorrow, but maybe one day you're just sitting there going, Nope. yep, This is it. Mm -hmm. this is my moment. I'm going to do it. And if you do that, please let me know. Cause I love that for you either way. However you get out. I do. One of my favorite things is having people say that they left, that they're out. I love hearing that from you. And I will always congratulate you and tell you that I'm proud of you. Okay. That's all for today. So before I wrap this up, I want to remind you, as I mentioned, I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. I offer one-on-one coaching. I do 30, 60 minute sessions, and I have a six week program, um, just to help you kind of work through getting away from these people and talking about just the things that we're talking about here. Um, and more obviously, because it's your personal situation versus that mine and you know, general. Um, I also have an LGBTQ support group called polishing off the rainbows. That is one Saturday a month. It's a 90 minute support group session with myself and Trey de la Torre. We talk about all the abuse recovery stuff with an LGBTQ layer involved because Trey and I both, um, wish that we had something like this when we were leaving our abusers, uh, we were both abused in our first queer relationship. So this felt very important to us. Um, and this is one of our favorite babies, one of our favorite projects. So, so far it's been going really well. We've loved it. We've loved, um, interacting with all the people in there and the people within those groups have been super supportive. So if that's something you're interested in, you can find all of that coaching information and more on my website, elindsaygibbon.com. Click on the coaching tab. You'll see it all there. And yeah, that's all I have for today. So go do something nice for yourself um, and go drink some water. I always forget. So that's my reminder for you. Take care, y'all. I'll see you next week.